and welcome to the Sparkle Pod, Move It Mama's very own podcast. A community connected through exercise, but so much more. The Sparkle Pod aims to sprinkle a little bit of everything, from sparkle and sunshine to our daily grind and rigmaroles. We hope you enjoy. Hey friends, very excited to be here today to chat with the sissies. I'm at home in Christchurch, Shara's here from her home in Cambridge, and Jess is coming to us from our parents' house in Christchurch too. <laughs> Some of you may not know this, but Dan and I moved down here from Wellington about eight years ago, and Mum and Dad then made the move too about five years ago. I have no exactly idea. I have no idea exactly. My attention to detail isn't my strong point. And then Jesse moved here about three years ago from Sydney. We are still waiting on Shah to join us, and our brother is getting closer, about to build in Geraldine. Anywho, pals, let's get going and immerse ourselves in all things Shah and how her six weeks travelling around the world went with her little sidekick, Tommy T. So, caveat that intro, uh, we've had a massive technological fail and we do not have Jess. <laughs> because she was coming live from all's wool, where all's wool. Where all is not wool. Well, it's not wool. Well. <laughs> Cantabrians tell me it's all's wool, but all's well where all's well is not so well because there's no working withy for Jessie. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, it's just me and Shah, which is cool. So poor Jess is, um, it's her first podcast she's ever missed, she said. Is that right? Mm, yeah, yeah. It's always been you too. It's never just been us. Yeah. This is the first. I wonder if I can make it entertaining. You know, it's really funny. We had a conversation, you and I, over text, over WhatsApp text this mm. morning about habits. And it is weird that Jess isn't here because it's breaking like a habit. Like there's a habit already kind of formed in the fact that Jess is normally here. And it's a little bit nerve wracking to think that it's just me and you. I know, but we can we can manage. I think we'll be fine. But I will just text her quickly because she's having mad anxiety that we're not okay. Okay. I feel sorry for her that she's not going to be able to do this. Yeah, I know. I feel like she's actually quite like me than she, that people might realize. Do you think? In what way? In like FOMO way. Yeah, I think she's getting more like you, to be honest. Same. And I reckon I'm getting more unlike me. Oh, who are you becoming? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) My dad. What what sort of traits are are you leaving behind and what are you gaining I haven't been out today like out I've been in inside and I I just don't want to go out anywhere like I just want to stay home like it to the point where I did online shopping this morning like I normally normally do countdown shopping on a Sunday anyway but I could go to the supermarket but I did it like because it's the week because we're a bit out of sync because we went camping anyway just a long quick, quick story I mean, a long story cut short, I did the online shop and I just felt this smug feeling like, oh, it's so great that I just haven't had to go out today and like how good that I can just do that. You wouldn't have yeah. many days like that, would you? No, I suppose not. Well, it was just that there were the kids bike to school this morning, which is again, very unusual, but I just, I've, I'm becoming way more a homebody as I get older, put it that way, way more. I was always wanting to be out and about. Now I just love being at home. It's my favourite. Well, it's probably because you have four children and your life is busy. So when you do get a moment to breathe and just chill in your home, then you're going to take it. Yeah, but since I've had four children for like six years now. 
And I feel like, you know, as I get older, it's just, you're right. And as we do get older, we, we change and we do realize what's, what tickles our fancy so much. eh? Mm. Did you love that book? What book? Atomic Habits. I haven't finished it. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, Love Island's on. (laughs) Yeah. You've told me about this. I've just started it last night and I couldn't be happier. I just love it and I think that's making me real happy because I I break my day up into moments and Mm -hmm. my first moment is just waking up and saying good morning to my family and then it's um, changed now it's actually go to the toilet which has always been a great habit but then it's actually coffee with my husband which has changed normally I would work out but I don't often if I'm not rostered on I have a coffee with my husband at 6 30 ish that's a moment (laughs) And I, I just have on. I just have moments that I live for. The what's that song? From this moment. Hey, no, do you love not do that you one. Love that time with your husband? Yeah, sort of. I oh. mean I do. No, 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 I do. Very much so. But I'm still at a little bit of a pickle of the fact that I was thinking about this today. I used to have my first coffee at around nine once the kids I'd got back from school drop. And that was so, so waited for that it brought extreme amounts of joy. Whereas at 6.30, I haven't waited that long. Do you know what I mean? I do. However, I ask you that because I think I am the same. When we have the mornings, when we can have that together, well, I'm the same as far as what we're doing. Like, you know, we do the same thing. I have my morning coffee with my husband. I mean, I don't have a husband, my wife. And I... Did you forget you didn't have a husband? No, and you had it's a, a line off a movie. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I know. But, you know, when we do, because we can't do that every morning. Like I've, I've either got a live workout or Emma has training. So yeah, when we can do that, I'm like, but do you know what? grinds my gears pretty much most mornings or even yeah, tell before me. we go to sleep Emma will say you're on coffees in the morning oh fuck so. that that would wreck it for me <laughs> I, I I will can we delve into this I this is probably going to take longer than we should but does that feel does that make you feel negative well it's funny because I know when she's going to say it oh that makes like, me get heebie-jeebies <laughs> In the today. <laughs> that would wreck my sleep <laughs> <laughs> to be honest I go back it often makes me go back to this piece of advice I got when we got married on our wedding day someone said yeah it doesn't matter who does it just do it just get it oh done. that's so good who said that I think it was Prue Peter's mom. oh not I feel like Peter or, Twig would probably say something even, like that so patience is dead but anyway um and you're right. It is a good piece of advice because it doesn't matter. Just get it done. And oh. you know, this morning I came back from my workout and I was Em was sleeping because she didn't have to go to the gym, gym till eight. And I was like, "What would you like for breakfast?" And I made her breakfast <laughs> good and made girl. coffees. And then she you know, yeah. and she sat down. And it took <laughs> me like three minutes to go. Thank you. Delicious coffee. And I was like, yeah, fucking oath. I'm wait like I sit there waiting for it. So. Which Hang on, you did your 6.10 a.m. Mm. and then you did the coffee and the breakfast. Yeah, I made Emma's breakfast because she had to And you made the coffees or did you get a coffee made? I made the coffees too. 
fuck yeah that's not a good start to your day <laughs> Um, so I want to go back to the fact that now my coffee often is at 6 30 if I'm not rostered on for exercise and I what I do like about it is that when I go to bed it's quicker for my coffee to come like I don't have to wait till nine you know I'm like amping by nine like I and also this is the routine that my husband Dan makes it for me every morning most mornings but he'll do that teasy thing like you're he'll say it you're oh you can make it tomorrow and I'll be like whatever and like I'll be fuming inside and he'll just do that to wind me up but what happens is I actually go and the routine is I do my business on the loo (laughs) and then I go down the hall and put the jug on and draw the blinds if like if I fancy and go outside and take my deep breaths this is a new routine this is three weeks into this routine (laughs) and then I pour the hot water into my yellow mug because it heats the mug. Oh, and he knows then when he's finished on the toilet, he'll go down and make the coffees and then we'll sit together. Now, I'll also tell you, I do love that time with him, but it depends on kids because if there's a bit of a, you know, mm. if they're quiet and everything's mm. harmonious, that's great. Mm. But sometimes that can't quite happen, you know? Yeah. Like Can I, you take it, a pause to reflect mm. on how you can you have the ability to do this now though yes and I would like to take a pause oh what do you mean why couldn't I've done it earlier I think I've changed my mindset in the fact that stop being so routiney and kind of change things up and it's fine as in as in no I mean um from a you know your kids are independent oh yeah 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 and I know for each other so you can actually sit with your husband and have a coffee but for instance one of them was annoying one of them today and Dan went to get up to go and um sort it and I said stop don't yeah, get up let just let's it. just have our coffee yeah. and they sorted it you know yeah. so that's just kind of you know as we know we love just to have our coffee and just enjoy every sip yeah so you don't want anything to kind of wreck it anyway that was a long tangent yes sure question how many deep breaths do you take and where do you sit? Sometimes the deep breaths don't really go that deep and I find it quite difficult. Like sometimes I just think this is actually a fucking joke. What are you doing? It depends. I just go outside and pretend that I'm, I just try and pretend I'm one of those people that really breathe. <laughs> do you know? Do you do it? No, I don't. No, no, I don't. I mean, my family, my family, I live with five penises and 10 ball sacks. And honestly, I feel like they must think I'm absolutely mad. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, we know that breathing is really, you know, it does help. It does help. Just clear it. Like even even I think about if I've got like this anger boiling, you know, building yes, up, then just take a few deep breaths. It makes the world of difference. So I don't yeah. think you're kidding yourself. I think it's no. a good start to your day. And, and I think that a moment to to just sit and like actually calm yourself and reset, which yeah, it's good. And I think when you draw awareness to doing these things, then in your day you might find spaces through the day that brings you back to that kind of thing. And then yeah, if you're in another situation, you might go, mm, do you know what will help here? A couple of big deep breaths. Yeah, like I had my lunch before and I didn't invite my phone, which I learned that you shouldn't <laughs> invite your phone to your coffee. And I sat outside in the deck and I could hear the birds and I really 
chewed my food and I got it took me back to this morning and how you wake up and you set the intention when you wake up don't you and it kind of helps you through the day and it's the third week of not checking my phone at all so like when I wake up I look at my phone for the time and I check to see that none of the family have messaged or whatever but that's all and then I just go and I leave my phone and I've just I've never really done that and it's Mm. it's so easy to do that so Mm. why do we just never you've got to get in the right headspace to do it though eh? Mm. it's so interesting isn't it because god there was you know most of our life time you didn't wake up and check your phone that wasn't the first thing we did you know what did we do we probably spoke to people to our family Mm. it's really Mm. really scary when I was doing my workout this morning I was talking about how like just there's so much I I feel like as a parent there's a lot of complications now that we didn't really have when our parents were parents but then again there were probably complications like maybe mum and dad wished that we did have a phone to text them when we got from um Kandala train station to Raroa train station and you know I wonder yeah funny eh? anyway sis you we've got to get into this potty and we've already spent a long time discussing trivial problems you have been back in New Zealand and Cambridge for a week now have you yeah a week and two days yeah and how long how long were you away for six weeks and why did you go away and who did you go away with and take us on that journey So uh, in a regular year, Emma will spend a few months overseas for her job for rowing. And this time with a son, she didn't really want to do that without her family. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't three months. She was away for probably two, I think, in total. So she went away for three weeks. That was when I came down to Christchurch. And then after three weeks, we went and met her after the World Champs had finished. Uh, Tom and I is what I mean by Mm -hmm. we. And... We flew straight over to London to meet her after she'd finished the World Champs. And that was an enormous piece of travel, Mm. you know. But we got there and Tom was incredible. So, sis, on that leg, that was when she was racing in the final of the World Champs, eh? so my flight over was the same time that she raced the final and you and Jess were keeping me updated as to how she was going. And I remember mm. thinking, oh God, because she came, she came second, which is still obviously fantastic. Mm. Uh, there was, but yeah, she's, and she's had a really mixed year as well. So anyway, in the moment, I remember thinking, God, she's going to be really gutted about this, but she was actually quite pleased with how she did based on her preparation. Mm. Well, she'd had COVID a few months, um, what, six weeks six earlier weeks or a month? Before, yeah. yeah, which is crazy. And did you, COVID, like, lingers, I reckon, for certain people too. Like, not saying it's lingered for her, but you just never know what's going on with your body, really, when that happens. We actually think one of our sons has had maybe a little bit of long COVID. Anyway. Um, no, nah, Rico, Dan and I just to discuss that at coffee time this morning, actually, which it's cool. I mean, you know, just with his training and fitness and stuff it just seems to have changed since COVID since he had COVID has he got respiratory kind of in the lungs no I I wouldn't go as far as that I just feel like his um 
fitness has really struggled. And I don't know if it's his age or that, but Dan just suggested today, because Dan's had long COVID, self-diagnosed, but the doctor reckons actually, actually he went to the doctor. The doctor did, did, did pre- can you hear me fine? I feel like you've kind of frozen. Oh, sweet. No, I'm just listening yeah. intently. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, so Dan has had the flu twice since COVID. We're going off tangent here. And so the doctor said it's, it's possibly long COVID and it, that's just what happened. You, when you're getting the flu a little bit, when you've had the flu sort of twice since yeah. COVID, it's long COVID. Yeah. And Dan has found it really difficult. He's actually all quite good the last two weeks, but he's been pretty bad since April. And the fact that surfing has been a real problem, like swimming out to getting out to the waves has been quite difficult. Anyway, he was talking about Rico's found it quite difficult too, but Emmy had COVID and then so she couldn't race in those first races she went overseas for because she got COVID overseas which that's right and that was a bit of a doozy really because there was this big trifecta of races that was like um there was a huge prize purse money up for grabs and she got you had to be in it to win it and win the first race but she couldn't race it because of COVID anyway yeah she then came second at world champs and then we had a few other races over in America and that's part of why we came over obviously um but, but like first, take it back to that first bit when she got COVID she was overseas and it, that was so stink for her really eh? like she was away from you guys yeah. to race to try and you know um to win be in to win for her family yeah. as like yeah. the provider at the moment and all that kind of thing and then she just had to stay there and then come home and that's pretty shit so her head would have been a bit like fuck yeah, exactly. And I I would argue that then World Champs went differently because mm-hmm. she's very much mon- motivated by, like, money does drive her, similar, I'm the same. Like, if there was a, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get motivated by that. Um, of course. If she had one Henley, which I would have 100% believed she, she would have if she was fit mm-hmm. and not had COVID, mm-hmm. um, then I imagine her training in the lead up to World Champs would have been even more, even better, and she would have, easily won that yeah anyway I can't really say that because we don't know what we don't know but no. uh, then yeah into our travels we went well the third part of that was the Philly Gold Cup which then was um, in Philadelphia and it's a sprint race and she was racing against the top four scholars in the world so the the people she'd literally just raced at world champs and she won that so, so you know the girl that won the world champs did she beat that one in the Philly Gold final yes I mean, I knew that answer, but I just think that's so amazing. Like, we didn't, you didn't really um, elaborate to us before that race, what, who was in the race, but I think it's, it was hard to, you know, it's, it's quite hard when you're traveling overseas and different time zones and stuff. But that race was on at like five in the morning, was it? Mm, five in the morning, your time, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I imagine that that win would have been so like that would have made her feel so good Mm, and yeah it was and it really um I don't know it was just so cool to be there you know I've heard all about these races the one in Boston and the one in Philadelphia and I've never really known what it's all about but to be there in person was so cool and like we hear the commentators say excuse me um uh, Emma's wife and son Tommy are watching in the stands and all this yeah could you hear that is that what they were saying yeah, and it was just. And did cool. they say Tommy uh, and yeah. include him? Cute. Yeah. And did they know your name? 
Oh, well, I mean, the Philly Gold is quite a special thing, really, because you go to Philadelphia and all the top four men and women are there and they host, they put everyone up in the same hotel and then every day you're doing things together with the, everybody gets to know each other quite well. Yeah, that's so It was cool. actually really cool because Em got to know, you know, her competitors and they're mm-hmm. all up and coming. They're all young in their 20s. Um, mm-hmm. They'll be the future of rowing, really. And mm. then in the men's group, there are a few, like, older guys that have been around a while that she knew and you sort of go to the lake together and train together and then go out for dinner together and um you know so they obviously met Tommy and were really cute with Tom and it was it was really cool it was really special that was at the end of our trip before we went to Hawaii for the holiday um in at, at Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, oh my god, I keep thinking in West Philadelphia, born and oh, raised. Did you go? Did you go there? Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, so is it a little bit like a Cambridge kind of place where there's lots of athletes? Or no, not really. Nah, it's just uh, well, we're sort of going on in different tangents. But the first, we had a race in Boston called the Head of the Charles. It's on the Charles River yeah. in Boston, and that is yeah. like a pretty different regatta it's like five kilometers in length not two kilometers um it's really windy and you're going underneath bridges and it's a huge enormous like hundreds of thousands of people I think attend Boston for that regatta over the weekend Mm -hmm. and the gold cup in Philadelphia was brought in by a whole bunch of people that wanted to kind of do their spin on head of the Charles but to make it really different they've obviously made it a sprint race so rather than a 5k mm-hmm. course it's 750 meters so it's their own version of that basically they wanted something to kind of rival it or to bring the best scholars in the world to philadelphia mm-hmm. um so it's really cool emma's been involved in it heaps and we met the sort of founders of the regatta and um yeah they sort of host them for dinner and it was just really cool um philly i wouldn't like write home about as far as the place like we had a week there and with him training a lot Tom and I were kind of you know just wandering around getting coffees and it wasn't the most uh impressive city I think Boston was Mm. heaps nicer Mm -hmm. um but still really cool to experience it I you know when someone's talking to you about something that you just have never been to and don't have any idea it's so hard I've got these images in my head and it's Mm. just so annoying when you can't relate you don't know what you talk you know you don't know I've never been to America at all Um, so it's crazy that you went from like the UK to, you know, London, you did a few mm-hmm. couple of days in London and then you went out. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, and you took Tommy with you to London and can you even <laughs> remember, I mean, it just must feel like a dream, like arriving in Heathrow with your little baby, you know, your yeah, little London best mate on your like front ages pack. Ages away now, ages ago now. We had yeah. days there actually. Well, but you didn't really have 10 days in London City, eh? Like, I don't feel oh, like yeah, you did. Right. We were there probably for like a week before we went. We were going to Wales afterwards for coastal rowing. Yeah. And yeah. in between, we left London and went to Henley. Yes. Mm. Because I kind of wanted you to go to like Clapham and see where Ali lived, but you didn't really have time. There was not really much time for that. But you spent a couple of days in London and you hadn't really done much exploring London, eh? No, I'd only been there for three days when Jess lived there. Yeah. And what did you think? And did you love the tube? And I want to go back so bad. It's been so long. But like, did, you know, what was your highlight? What were your peaks and what were your pits of the UK? Let's do that. Okay. I would uh, say it's a great destination to travel to. Travel to yeah. And to, lots to see and to explore, like the Borough Market. 
Oh yes, um, that was a that was a PK. That was a massive peak. Did you eat anything the there? Pulled pork and macaroni cheese. Yeah, fuck. Um, and I got a halloumi, halloumi like souvlaki, which was hectic. What um, the main thing was halloumi? Yeah, because M got the pulled pork mac, so we could share. Yum. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <gasps> and Sorry. And stuff. What? Hang on. A pulled pork macaroni cheese. So it's macaroni cheese with pulled pork on top. Yum. <laughs> I thought you meant like pulled pork and then you got mac cheese. I'm like, oh, yeah. That's cool. I don't think they had it that there at Borough Markets 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know we got heaps um, of grief as well because all the Londoners were like, it's not the Borough Markets. It's Borough Markets. Yeah. Well, I, I know that. I think yeah. I know that. Yeah, actually. You, you, didn't get, you didn't go to like the Camden, the Camden Markets. No, but I've been there. Hey, oh, yeah. can I say though, one of the peaks I remember it vividly <laughs> was we had this posh place in Putney that we had mm. for 10 oh, yeah. nights or something. So this nice three-story house in Putney, courtesy of a friend of Emma's. Um, and uh, one of Emma's friends, who's a Kiwi, lives over there. And she invited a few friends around that Emma like, has known for a long time through rowing and friends. Mm-hmm. And we sat around this dinner table and there was lots of like European wine and nice meal. And I just felt like I was on, in a scene in a movie, <laughs> like all these different accents and, you know, so everyone good. was getting a bit tipsy. I wasn't really, cause I was breastfeeding, but it, I just, I took a moment and I actually said it out loud. Like I genuinely thought I was on the scene of a movie just because I was in Putney and everyone was foreign. And you know, I'm thinking of, wine. I'm sort of thinking of a, a scene with Colin Firth and, Absolutely. <laughs> and that Spanish woman, yeah, you know, that love woman actually. that wrote the letters or yeah. went, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Love actually. But there's lots of other, and the family, Julia, Julia Roberts. Yeah. And yeah, relations. I felt like that. I felt like that. And then. Yeah, that's I mean, so good. That was definitely a peak and it was just, it was nice to like be talking with people from, you know, different places and. That was really, I felt like, wow, I really am overseas now, internationally traveling, which I haven't done for so long. Yeah. And do you know what you saying that brings me back to times and I'm excited about times going forward that you, when you meet people from around the world, Mm. that you are all one in the fact Mm. that all you want is just to connect. Exactly. And enjoy a good time together. And that makes, it blows me away that you can meet some, like I remember when I moved to London and I met the the girl that was teaching in the classroom next to me. She was from America. Mm. She was so American, but we just became such great friends because at the end of the day, we clicked. But she was, she's got no idea of my life here and I've got no idea of her life there, but we're in London and we clicked. It's pretty powerful. I mean, oh, that's just reminded me of being in America and being in Boston because I got to Boston when we got so Boston. We, are we're just going, you know, no. Oh, well, Do you want to go on yeah, but I, order? Well, no, I kind of wanted. We've got a peak from that London trip, which I love. But I just want to tell you, in Putney, I used to go to a bar called the Slug and the Slug and Letters. Like, what a weird name anyway it wasn't very it was pretty sluggish okay so that was a good peak was there any pit about being in the UK Uh, yeah I mean both Emma and I agreed that we probably wouldn't want to live there I think Mm -hmm. we just thought it was quite uh kind of gray um 
you know, I mean, the tube was incredible. Like you can literally just get anywhere mm. pretty quickly. Mm. And so we packed a lot into our days. The pit mm-hmm. as per would have probably just been like going up to the third floor to see if Tom was asleep. You know, these houses yeah. are big three-story places. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to really like go up the stairs to see if yeah. things are, are calm. But not but real, then that's like, such no, a, no real pit. That, yeah, it's, that, that could be like a peak peak as well like how cool that those houses are different like that and it's just makes it Europe it makes it the UK you know London okay well there's probably not many peaks of the trip so we don't need to do the peaks we can just do the I mean the pits yeah yeah Yeah. I get quite confused my brain can't can't (laughs) grasp that um I don't know (laughs) yeah it's fucking weird Um, uh okay so go on to go on you're moving out so you went but what we could discuss is that wonderful lady that had you up and let you stay in her house and she was so you loved her um the girl that worked worked for her eh Mm, Jenny yes um we went so part of this rowing uh, in Wales it's coastal so it's ocean rowing and a big um part of why we went or how we got there was through the Colgan Foundation and BB Colgan is basically one of the main funders of Rowan New Zealand so mm-hmm. long story short they have a house in Henley so that's why we went via Henley to Wales the house was like one of the most magnificent things I've ever seen it was unbelievable um Jenny is BB's assistant and she had a nine-month-old called Charlotte so we bonded mm. pretty much straight away yeah cool agent stage not really but <laughs> and um yeah as soon as we got to Henley, Bibi and Jenny came to meet us for coffee and we commented on her tan and she was like, do you want one? I've just had a spot <laughs> get you one. So we were feeling pretty pale. And then Jenny organises all of us, including the boys, to have a spray tan in her house. So a mobile tanner came to the house. She How come also, there were boys there? Who were the boys? Yeah, so the London and the first half of the trip we were with um, – other rowers so Lucy her mm-hmm. her Lucy's Emma's best friend yeah her fiance Brooke um and Ben who is a younger a young up-and-coming rower as well um they were coming to the coastal champs in Wales hence why we were mm-hmm. all staying together and that was cool. absolutely was that fun a peak because yeah they were just so amazing with Tom as well and mm-hmm. he loved having those guys around um and his auntie Lucy mm-hmm. and yeah, so we got the spray tan and then we were like ridiculously orange slash brown walking around Wales where it was kind of freezing cold in a small seaside town called Saundersfoot. And we were there for 12 days with coastal rowing events happening on both weekends. So we actually yeah. spent a really long time there and it was very quiet, but really cool, great experience. And Yeah, it, cool. Yeah, it was, it was sort of wild and rugged and yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only been to Cardiff, but Dan spent a lot of time traveling around um, Wales, Scotland and Wales, and loved it. Yeah. Um. Hey, well, how was Tommy with adapting to the time to like jet lag and stuff? Yeah. The, I mean, the first night anywhere is kind of always a bit rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which was sort of the case. Um. Mm-hmm. But it blew my mind how much he adapted to like day naps. You know his yeah. schedule loosely yeah loose schedule but he would nap yeah. roughly between nine and ten ten and two, yeah. uh, twelve and two like Crazy. he adapted so quickly it was it sort of blew my mind to be honest um, it's amazing the hardest what adaption adaption 
the hardest yeah. um, adjustment was going from the east coast of America to the west coast and then on to Hawaii. That was the most difficult um, for Tom. Yeah. When you were doing that tra- the travel from America to the other side of America, you guys got COVID. Weren't you quite sick, which is probably why he was a bit testing then? Oh, uh, yeah. I, t- I forgot about that. Yep. So we went from Wales to America and um, in Wales, like we were on the beach a lot in the cold and yeah, it got me like definitely a bit fluey and to the point where I was testing myself for COVID like for about a week and was because you haven't had it yet yeah you hadn't hadn't had it it. yet and I absolutely assumed we'd get it while traveling Mm -hmm. um so I brought lots lots of tests with me anyway it was probably a week after I was symptomatic and lots of people around me were sick as well that you know it was our last night in Wales and one of the girls was like Shay you don't sound too good and I thought yeah I do feel noticeably worse tonight so mm-hmm. this is the night before we flew out and I tested positive and weirdly I was doing playing by the rules by getting on the plane the next day yeah, so, so you're allowed to do that that's yeah yeah got on the can plane. we do that here in New Zealand now no, no way we've got to isolate five days test maybe yeah you need to isolate yeah and yeah. I wore a mask and everything because I knew I mean I felt guilty to be honest yeah it's weird isn't it yeah so we flew that day and when we arrived in Boston, I was like, Tommy is not good. He'd been grizzly for a few days. And so I mm. actually ended up testing Tom and he was positive as well. Mm. Um, Did you get but, scared with that result? Like as a mum, just, uh, oh God, my little baby's got COVID. Like, I, I mean, I, I felt just the reason why I'm asking you is that when the first child of mine who came down with COVID in my house and he's an, you know, he's a child, I got a bit like, Oh gosh, because you know the big deal about it. I suppose now it's a you know so far on that you, you have comfort that he would have been he was going to be fine. I suppose. I think the fear. I've talked to a few people about this. The fear is that you don't like speaking of long COVID, right? You don't know yeah. what version you're going to get, like how yes. you're going to get it, yes, if it's going to stick around and that sort of thing. And I yeah. know people with who have been really impacted. So that's yeah. the fear, I suppose. But. Um, I was I just felt so guilty I felt like I'd given it to him and but I mean obviously I'd got it from some somewhere and yeah but he took a while to kind of come right but was just a bit more harder to manage and a bit grisly and a bit more clingy which rightly so and but I remember getting to Boston and the next morning going out early for a walk along the river where Emma Rose and me and Emma and Tommy and I remember thinking god I love this place like within five Mm. minutes of being there Mm -hmm. really beautiful time of year it was autumn so the leaves on the trees were like Mm -hmm. magnificent and we the very first morning we're walking along and this girl runs past and says welcome to Boston and I remember going (laughs) cool welcome yeah and she came running back like sort of a you know half an hour later she was running back and she said you must think I'm so so weird but I just wanted to say like I actually follow you both on Instagram and it's so nice to see you and this is Tommy oh (laughs) that like gives me goosebumps like when you sent that through to the chat I was so cool she was a rower and from Michigan Michigan I think she was studying Michigan State or something and she just did you follow her back did you find her name or anything yeah yeah she goes I'm I'm Spalding, not that that matters, and it turns out to be her surname, but she Spalding. knew. Spalding. It's her surname. But she, but she did she call herself her surname? Yeah. What? Is that like a Boston thing or a rowing thing? Like does Emma go, yeah, hey, I'm know. Twig? <laughs> I don't know. But it was just like, 
but something about Boston just had such a good vibe and feel oh, cool good feel to it and it's it, that was the like the welcome that we got the benchmark and it was just cool did you tell her that you should tell her that yeah I actually messaged her on Instagram because when I followed her oh she just recently ran the New York Marathon which was like last oh, weekend cool. so I messaged cool. her to say like whatever anyway um and that was because we were in their forehead of the Charles, which is this enormous event. You know, a lot of people um, look up to Emma in the rowing circle. So it was, we sort of didn't feel like foreigners. We felt like really mm. welcome there. And Yeah, nice. Yeah, it was cool. Mm. So Boston, like we found a great coffee shop and lots of donuts. Everybody has iced coffee. No one has it hot. Do you know, I feel like, that's so funny because I've been seeing that around New Zealand this last few months. I see just the odd person go in and grab like it's a coffee, a takeaway coffee with ice. Mm. And I've never seen that really. Like it's a new yeah. thing, isn't it? So it's coming here too. Everybody has iced coffee, like no matter what the weather is, it's iced. Yeah, why? Let's let's delve into that. <laughs> What's going on there? Like, are we I gonna be doing that? Answer no what about in winter it's delicious by the way I mean it's just they pour coffee over ice and then add milk if you want it or cream or I've got a question for you Mm. are you still back on normal milk lattes I've just converted back to oat oh that's so funny I feel like you you were like dad too so me and you are getting more like each other and we're getting like our father. Mm-hmm. Okay, so sis, I know that your most favorite thing ever, my, your most favorite leg was your last leg that you want. You couldn't wait to take Emma and Tommy to Hawaii because it's your most favorite place. Mm-hmm. And had Emma been there before to Hawaii? I'll just quickly say that we've bypassed New York. Oh, yes. And tell us about New York. <laughs> but I don't need to spend too long on New York because everybody knows New York is fantastic like you are so well traveled oh well before this I wasn't well yeah okay maybe Um, we actually had really good drizzly weather in New York which kind of meant like Mm. you know the 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 morning we left I saw it with blue sky and we stayed in Times Square which is like quite an incredible place but I mean we did we averaged across Boston New York Philly we averaged 14 kilometers a day by foot and with Tom, Whoa. my 10 kilo child, in the front pack. So we walked everywhere, used the tube a lot. Wow. Did you yeah. have comfy footwear? I wore sneens a lot. Mm-hmm. What kind? Uh, Adidas NMDs with my jeans. With jeans. Yeah, no, no, that's okay though. And the yeah. state American girls are totally into that. Style. Absolutely. I fit right in. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. And that's great. Very good. And sis, what was New York like so busy and like what it is in the movies? Yeah, I literally was walking around like jaw Whoa. dropped, especially Times Square. Yeah. Just everywhere you go, it's just like wow. And I think it's just because it's so iconic, right? Like we grow up, we grow up seeing all of this stuff in pop culture and on TV mm. and movies mm. and then you see it in real mm. life and it's like, oh my God. Yeah, like even my kids are like, whoa, she's in New York. Like, you know, even they think that. Yeah. Hey, did you feel safe in America? Yes. yes, I will say that was one thing about Philadelphia. So everywhere I felt safe. Philly, I just felt like not as safe. Uh-huh. And I hope Do you feel I'm safe in like London? Offending. I hope I'm not offending people with that either. Um, London, yeah, felt safe. Yeah, cool. Nah, you won't be offending. 
you know, like we were never out at nighttime really either, by the way. We were pretty much, you know, in bed by eight o'clock every night. Yeah, you can't really offend people. These, well, you can offend people very easily these days, but people just have to be a bit, bit open with how you we're allowed to have our opinion and how we felt. I mean, people feel not safe down the road in New Brighton here, but I feel fine here, you know, yeah. even though there's been a oh, horrible stabbing in the weekend. Oh God, I saw them. Yeah. And it's, um, I actually sort of. Pages Road or something. Yeah. And I know, I know the family, which is pretty, the family that's the, the men's. He's, he's alive, but it's not great. And no. anyway, the kids are quite good friends with his grandchildren who, yeah, anyway, we won't talk about that. Um, yeah, so you can feel feelings wherever you are in the world, and that and that's okay. Okay, keep going. Um, so I'll I will move into Hawaii. So we, um, yeah, New York was somewhere somewhere that M has been multiple times, but she wanted me to see it, and Hawaii was where I've been multiple times, and I wanted M to see it. So and by yeah. the time we got there, all the racing was done. She'd won the gold cup, which was a little yes. bit of a financial injection for us because yes, the cool. was so expensive. Yeah, so, you were quite shocked with that, eh? Yeah, well, it's just the conversion rate at the moment that's I know. us. But mm. yeah, went to Hawaii and the adjustment from going from our east coast of New York over to Hawaii meant that Tom woke at 10 to 3 for the day. So oh, it was 3 a.m. Right. And Denny's. <laughs> Is there a big time difference? Yeah, it's like six hours or something. So crazy, eh, to think that it's the same yeah, country? Yeah, I think he maybe we had two flights, two six-hour flights with a, a layover. Like it sucked getting to Hawaii, but we did it, and you know it's always worth it. And then we were in Denny's at four a.m. eating pancakes and having bottomless coffee, which was definitely a peak. Was it good coffee? No, it's rubbish, but it's part of the charm. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. I get it because I yeah. we've been in Fiji, like, and we at the coffees with the long life milk. Hate yeah. it, but it's just part of it. it just tastes yeah. a bit different, and that's you just love it. Yeah, it means you're on holiday. Yeah, it um, does, eh? And Em was finally able to be on holiday for the full seven days, which was epic. And we just again, like, you know, took him to the beach, took him to the pool, went and went to food courts and like even in the food courts and the malls where there's air conditioning because you want it the food is mm. epic like mm. delicious you know you know when you're in Denny's at four in the morning was there anyone else in there one other one other <laughs> one other like person um <laughs> well on their uh, own I've never been to Denny's yeah I think it's I don't know that it's really a thing here but every time I've gone to Hawaii I've gone to Denny's for pancakes multiple times I just want to show you that when I taught at my school in Rangikura in Wellington, mm. they all, on Monday, when they did story writing of their weekend, they all went to the pools in Denny's. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's the only Denny's I know of that I've seen around, the one I'm putting Yeah, there's one in, there is one in Christchurch, but I've never been. There's curly fries. I know that Denny's have curly fries. Well, Hawaii, Waikiki being, you know, very touristy is rather expensive, especially with the current conversion rate. So going to Denny's is also a cost saver because you get enough mm. food for, you know, $24 American dollars to feed us, which is mm -hmm. converting to 50, by the way, for pancakes and coffee. That's expensive. New Zealand dollars. Yeah, it's the conversion Wow. Mm. And the longer you are away in somewhere like that, like you go, oh, I'm going to know I need two weeks in Hawaii. Mm. It actually gets to the point where at the end of it, you're like, God, I can't wait to get home just to like not spend money. Mm. When we came home and we went, I did a grocery shop and I was like, sick. That's cheap. Yeah. Like it's not. Cool. 
but mm. it doesn't I'm no longer converting to double yeah so felt good yeah um, cool so that was probably the pit was just the conversion of our dollar but you know multiple peaks can't even mm. keep track of all the peaks mm, that's so great did you write a diary no do you feel like you should have no I've got <laughs> images that I can look back on yeah that's cool okay and so coming home would have been a bit of a peak too like your little abode and getting Tommy back settled into his routine and was he happy to come home do you think mm, he is he's loving being back in his own bedroom yeah which is great yeah. for us as well and um yeah it's good and I feel like my biggest peak overarching this entire experience is how much confidence has given me as a mother mm-hmm. yes cool yeah, yeah. And, and also I was thinking along when you were talking about how you create this image in your head that your child does this and does this and does this, but actually you could try that and it might work. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like how you said how he's so um, resilient with change and napping wherever and tight, you know, slotting into things. I think often we think we get fixated in our ways, but if you just let it go or do something a bit different, it might work. Like, mm. you know, things might work a bit different and that, that can, that, you know, it can become a surprise. Yeah, it, definitely. And it kind of got me thinking, you know, what if I'd done this earlier or what if, and, and a lot of people say, I'll just, when you have a baby for the first time, they say, get through the first six weeks. And I said to Em, I'd say to people, get through the six months. But she said, do you think the travel has fast tracked that feeling for you? And I, absolutely think it has like mm-hmm. I kind of wish at three months I knew what I did now but I guess that's all part of it right well yeah it's just like life now I wish it what is. I knew now yeah I mean what you know I wish I said that to mum today I was in a big vent about how oh mum it's just so much harder now being mm. a parent and you know back then things yeah. were so hard though yeah. And you just, it's just every, there's just so many different phases and stages that you go, oh, if only I knew that then. Yeah. And like I, I was looking. Well, I guess that's another reason why we need to be, be present, isn't it? Because I know. No moment will ever be the same. I know. And um, something on my iPhone came up of memories of just a Rico for some reason that created some movie. Mm. And it was from like when he was little to, from my phone storage to now. And even his eye and his, the innocence in his little face, like yeah. he's still pretty innocent for his age, but just the youngness of him suddenly has just, cha- has just changes every year. And I think, oh, if only I had gone in that moment there, smooched mm. him up, you know, things like that. But then you get busy and you get, stressed about things but you just always have to try and come back to your breath maybe Mm. and come back to your moments eh? and like really the more aware we are of finding joy and in different kinds of different moments yeah in ordinary moments finding joy in ordinary moments just yeah Mm. okay my sis just one more peak I'll just show Mm. you oh my gosh and do you wear them all the time these are my she's, peach crocs she's showing peach crocs I haven't gone to buy some yet do you think that do they look good on you 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 know my legs are a bit thicker set than yours and I'm wondering if crocs won't be the best for me but they look great on you Sha. yeah I don't think they're an everyday shoe but you know when I'm ducking out to go and post something or go and pick up do you wear milk, them yeah to the soupy yeah do you feel weird I tell you something 
Cambridge is always a fast adopter of things such as Crocs. Is it because there's lots of young athletes? Young people and athletes, yeah, because that's so practical for an athlete, right? Yeah, so it's so funny because Tay Tay, all he wanted was white Crocs because he's been immersed in surf life-saving teenagers that are wearing them. Yeah. And the boys have got white ones and he just yeah. want that's what he wanted. And so now all my boys are like, I want white, I want crocs, I want yeah. crocs. Yeah. Um, funny that you've got them. Like, did you remember? I was thinking about this the other day. Like a few years ago, whenever they came out, we were like, there was no way we'd wear them, eh? No way. So weird how fashion just like changes like I know. That. It's actually messed up. But you know, each to their own and I'm all about practicality now. And I just, I actually don't think they look very good. I think they're practical. Yeah, I I quite, for some reason, I've got this weird thing that like, they look quite cool. This is a bit stereotype and generalizing and rude probably, but I just think that like young teenage boys look quite cool in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sis, have you got a sparkle spreader? Yeah, I do. It's quite long. Can I tell you about it? Yeah, go. I've got a book here. It's a children's book. It's called Giraffes Can't Dance. Fuck, mine's about a children's book too. Weird. Go. Okay, I imagine lots of people have read this. Again, title, Giraffes Can't Dance. And Mm -hmm. I just need to express that I've read this to Tom, you know, for the last few months. And every time it blows my mind how good the messaging is. Oh, far out. I've seen that book so for so many years, but I can't remember the story. So it's about Ger- Gerald the giraffe. And yeah. I would read the whole thing, but I'm not going to. I just think yeah. you should go and read it. And people listening, okay. if they haven't, should go read it. But okay. it's about Gerald the giraffe who can't dance. And then he gets laughed at, basically, when he tries, right? Yeah. And then you get to this page in the middle of the book after he's sort of been felt sad and embarrassed and alone and, you know, the only one that can't dance. Mm. And he says, then he found a little clearing and he looked up at the sky. The moon can be so beautiful, he whispered with a sigh. Excuse me, coughed a cricket, who'd seen Gerald earlier on. But sometimes when you're different, you just need a different song. Mm. Makes me cry every time. Who gave you that? Listen to the swaying grass and listen to the trees. To me, the sweetest music is those branches and the breeze. So imagine that that lovely moon is playing just for you. Everything makes music if you really want it to. Oh, that's so cute. I think I need to go get that book. Oh, it just makes me think mostly about my son. And I know that we're in a, you know, a day and age where things like having two parents that are female is not such a big deal. But it makes me think about him growing up in in Vietnam different with two months. You just have to be really, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but open communication always wins, I reckon. Well, it reminds me of your conversation that you had with children. And I think I'm going to talk about that now. Yeah. So um, we've been away at the Surf Life Saving competition out near Blenheim and we were camping, but we had a shared meal and I was sitting amongst all these kids and I had the two of my little boys next to me, my two youngest. And there was a boy in the mix kept calling everybody gay and going oh 
such and such is gay. He does this and just using the word so derogatory, so rude. And it just was making me cringe every time he said it. It was making me cringe. And Carlos, who's eight, looked at me with the eyes like, mom, I understand this is not a good, this is not making me feel good. And we just had this mutual kind of look at each other. And then he sort of went, be quiet, mom. Like he could tell that I was going to probably say something because I am very forthcoming if I'm not liking what I hear I, I, I once a teacher always a teacher anyway I just it kept going and I, it was around t- for 10 minutes he just kept using that word to describe things in a really negative way yeah describing people and then I sort of just stuck my head around a couple of seat couple of kids down and I looked at the boy and I said oh my sister's gay and the boy next to him said, my aunties are gay. And then the boy across from him said, my uncles are gay. Mm. And like the boy just like, I could see his sh- shoulders kind of shrink. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we were all, we all, all of the people around him, obviously for feeling uncomfortable too, mm. but because I opened up that little, you know, that, that thought mm. they all it was like the boy got the message that, oh, whoa. Mm. And it was just the, and so my kids weren't too embarrassed by me because I didn't tell yeah. the boy off or anything. No. I just offered a little kind of shrug into the right direction that, buddy, yeah. what you're saying isn't working for people. And a lot of people aren't enjoying your yeah. phrasing right now. That's and it was incredible. Like, we, when we spoke, when you told us about this, Lisa, I actually can't, I'm baffled, well, not baffled, but like, I just love, first of all, that you said something. Second, that Carlos could sense that you were uncomfortable and that he also wasn't really loving it because he was obviously thinking of his gay aunties as well. Yeah. And the courage of the children that spoke up at the table. And Sha, their eyes were Mm. just so cute. Like, they got me. Mm. And it it was, and the boy never, the boy you know we never heard that again and he retracted that's the right word and it just made me think like how cool that we've come to this point where there are so many people that are openly gay Mm. and it's okay yeah yeah Mm. so good so I'm so proud of civilization when I hear stories like that yeah um I just want to say one thing though I've got the Emma Twig book and that was my book because I read it and I used to be a teacher and I read it like a teacher and my children were just absolutely um every page was a journey and there were so many there were so many poignant 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 (laughs) poignant silent point who the fuck named that word? Poignant, poignant, <laughs> poignant, poignant moments in that book, and the graphics or the bloody or, or the illustrator, she like her the the feeling of those the the pictures of Emma and the mm. you know all the key poignant um things that happened in her journey to gold just made me and the kids just be like wow that human is an incredible I actually feel like she's obviously not full human like who is who can do what she's done eh? and I think every classroom should have that book and I think every teacher should be reading it and I think every parent if we could just get that book into the many as many households as possible I just think it's the biggest learning and lessons there's so much inspiration from that book Mm. got to read it with enthusiasm 
pose, poise, poise, <laughs> and expression. Okay. All right. All are right. we going? Yeah, that was really fun. Thank you for having okay. me. And, um, you know, I'm glad we could do this without Jess, although she'll be like, what the sh- heck? Just don't be like, I know. <laughs> she'll be waiting. It's a long one. Okay. It's really long. Bye, darling. Love you. Love you. Bye. See you back. Oh, you've got to do the rest of this and you know that, eh? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. All right. Bye. bye.